You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. This week, we are concluding a series looking at the depth charts for all the teams in the NFC. We took care of the NFC East to leading with the Cowboys. We looked at the NFC North, NFC South. If you missed those shows, check it out. Here, we're going to focus on the NFC West to close the week. That means we will look at the AFC team depth charts. Next, uh, barring any breaking news here, we'll always respond to that as we go forward here in Locked on Fantasy Football throughout the offseason and bring you the ultimate scouting there for the next season of Fantasy Football. So we want to see where all these teams are in this division, the Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, and Seahawks, and to see what are the important things that you need to know from quarterback through the offensive line. Thanks again for making Locked on Fantasy Football your first listen Subscribe and follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's start with the Arizona Cardinals here, and uh, they are very thin at quarterback, and we'll think about Kyler Murray and the knee injury. Will he be ready in time? I doubt it. They're looking at middle of the season, maybe late September, early October for him to be out there, so that's already throwing a curveball into what you want to think is fantasy value is, and you also have a new offense coming here, uh, Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles' uh, sentiments coming here, defensive-minded head coach, but they're going away from the Cliff Kingsbury offense that was tailored to Kyler Murray, so he's missing some critical time here to do some work with the knee, so uh, I think he should be rather behind in the system, and Colt McCoy, he's been a versatile guy that's fit in a lot of different style of offenses, so he can pick it up fast, but he's also dealing with a bit of an injury here, so... They're a little concerned, for sure. David Blau is now their third stringer. So definitely the Cardinals could be in a market for a rookie developmental quarterback with some mobility that they can look at. They could still look at potential free agents out there. And there's not a lot that is going to help in the style of offense. So we still have a lot of unknowns about what they're going to do with quarterback and how that quarterback is going to respond in this particular new offense. So very interesting decision here not to really go after any of those backups. Jacoby Brissett was... Rumored to go to the Cardinals, uh, I think that would make a lot of sense, being a little bit of a mobile big quarterback to execute different offenses, but that didn't materialize. So Blau right now is the number three. We'll see how healthy McCoy can be to be a factor here. So a lot of things we have to look at with the Cardinals, uh, trying to figure out quarterback. And uh, what if uh, Murray and McCoy are not ready? I don't know if they want to roll with Blau to start the season, but big uh, challenges ahead for Jonathan Gannon and their new uh, general manager, Monty Osenfort. Running back has a little better of a picture here with James Conner being the lead, so clearly the lead, so that already puts him in the RB1 conversation because it drops off to Corey Clement, a former Eagle, the journeyman, more like the Kenneth Gainwell in this mix here. So when you look at James Conner, lead should get most of the touches here. He had the big touchdown here a couple years ago, still very productive last year. So interesting that Clement right now is listed as number two. Keontae Ingram, who flashed a little bit to filling in there at with the Eno Benjamin was uh, shipped off here to the Saints. So we looked at him on the South Depth charts. Yet Keon Ingram get some opportunity behind James Conner with no Chase Edmonds last year and looked pretty good. We know he flashed okay. So 
Ingram might be the overall guy that they look at to fill in for James Conner, where Corey Clement might be the change of pace a little bit, bringing him in in passing situations for Conner while Conner's healthy. Tyson Williams, remember him? Uh, he had a kind of mini run with the Ravens. He was talked up a lot of couple years ago with the, all the running back injuries, but uh, faded pretty quickly. So he comes in at number four right now on the Cardinals depth chart. At wide receiver, we know it could change the top with DeAndre Hopkins. So it'll be interesting to see if they're interested in drafting a receiver rather high. I don't think they'll do it with the number three overall pick here. And same thing with quarterbacks. They're not going to explore a contingency that high. But I think they're going to try maybe to deal that number three overall pick and make a team jump up ahead of the Colts and uh, try to get their quarterback of choice, much like the Panthers jumped the Texans there at number one. So they're going to see if maybe they can make that type of deal, move on, stockpile a little bit. So Hopkins would help them get a little bit more draft capital here. They're going to have to restructure his contract if they're going to make a deal happen. But there's been a lot of talk about it. I think it'll materialize. It's just settling on what the number is going to be. So for now, DeAndre Hopkins is one. Marquise Brown, however, is number two with a bullet, so he would slide up. You have Ronda Moore, maybe for a bigger role and better usage here in this new offense that could materialize. So we hope so with Ronda Moore. Such a great talent, speed, quickness. Maybe they can work in the slot regularly and uh, go forward with him in a bigger role. Maybe treat him more like a, a Devonta Smith there. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Marquise Brown, we know, a little bit smaller version than A.J. Brown is a vertical threat. And Greg Dorch, they brought him back, as well as Zach Paschal, the former Eagle and Colt. He's in the mix, so... We'll see what they do, but again, this uh, receiving core looks a lot better with Hopkins in front of it. Without him, they'll really have to think about adding someone who can be a potential number one outside with the profile of the size, speed, and hands needed for that. At tight end, we thought it might be Trey McBride time, but the Cardinals are still committed to Zach Ertz, so you could see some 12 personnel with Ertz and McBride on the field at the same time. Chris Pierce Jr. is the third tight end at the moment. So really it's about these two tight ends. Would they pivot that way? Should they move on from Hopkins, use more 12 personnel versus 11 there and help the quarterback in that sense? Uh, we know the Eagles, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz, there wasn't a lot of uh, production available for both guys. So McBride may still need to wait his turn maybe next year is when he'll get the big breakout from McBride here should Ertz either retire or the Cardinals move on from him next year. Now, the offensive line, it's interesting for sure. You have D.J. Humphreys holding down left tackle again. Rashad Coward, a pretty weakness there at left guard, as well as Halte Froholt there. He's the guy that is the new center. They re-signed Will Hernandez and Kelvin Beecham, so both of these guys are on the right side. So it's not the best offensive line. I don't think it's near that. Uh, I think it's more the average to below average, I would say, with the Cardinals. So that's also a concern. So that will be something they address the interior as well. And uh, Beecham is getting up there. So I think getting a tackle could also be a consideration. But again, it's really hard for the Cardinals with that very high pick to go in that direction. I think they need to go for maybe best defensive player available. Le losing Zach Allen and J.J. Watt, who retired, they need to have some pass rush help there. So they might have to lock in a defensive player if they stay at number three, whether it's Will Anderson Jr. of Alabama or they like Jalen Carter enough to willing to take the chance there on the Georgia defensive tackle. So I think that's where they'll have to go in the draft early and then look at uh, filling some holes there offensively in this new scheme. All right, there you have it. There's a look at the Cardinals updates on their depth chart here. We will get into the other three teams in our Final couple segments here of the week on Locked on Fantasy Football. 
It is a great time of year with uh, March Madness here. Well, the built March Madness bracket is here as well. We know you have a favorite bar puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to builtmarchmadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'll be voting for the churro bar or puff here. And if you want uh, your favorite team to win in the Final Four, then you'll be voting for that bar too. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. you got to try Built. Built is the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they're an amazing treat. You won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars and Puffs so good? Well, for starters, they're all high in protein, low in sugar, and covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, 100% real chocolate. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now before March runs out to vote for your favorite bar and puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show here on a Friday on the Locked on Fantasy Football. We are finishing our depth chart look at the NFC, so we're going through the NFC West teams. We're part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, the Rams also don't have much at quarterback. Baker Mayfield leaves in free agency. He goes to the Buccaneers, so no contingency for Matthew Stafford and his uh, myriad of injuries now that are piling up a shoulder and arm and all these things that are affecting him. So Stafford, I think, is closer to the end. I mean, there's a lot of arm troubles. He's won a Super Bowl. He's made a ton of money. I don't know if they're going to get more than one more year out of Stafford. So very shaky there for sure. And uh, the Rams could be a sneaky team. They don't have that uh, high draft capital, but they could look at a developmental quarterback as well. All right. You look at uh, their running back situation. It's a little bit better there. So they're cleaning up some of the mess that they've had with Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown and some others. Cam Akers is the clear lead back, fully healthy, no issues there. Kyron Williams, they really talked him up last year. Now he gets a big opportunity elevated to number two. And Ronnie Rivers, who's had some time carrying the ball, he's their number three. So... Pretty compact right now. We'll see what they do in the draft if they need to get another running back. But I think they would feel pretty confident with Akers and Kyron Williams as their one-two punch and maybe give Williams a little bit more opportunity as a change of pace or in a receiving situation. So something to look at. But Cam Akers in good shape right now to get the majority of touches after the weird year last year coming off the injury. He's been a little bit in the doghouse, but then they trusted him there. So now they feel better about Akers, and that's uh, the guy that's clearly their number one in this mix uh, before they had anyone else. And wide receiver, Cooper Cup coming off a big injury there, so he's still going to be your number one. They're hoping for a lot more things about Allen Robinson in year two, maybe a little bit more motivated. Van Jefferson is still your number three, big playmaker there with uh, some speed and quickness. Ben Skoranek is your number four, 2-2 Atwell. Maybe we'll get a few more opportunities here to cut in to the work should uh, Robinson or Jefferson be limited to, in their big playability with Cooper Cup. So 2-2 Atwell could see more work. Austin Trammell is the last wide receiver on the step chart. At uh, tight end, uh, very fit, familiar here. Tyler Higby still the man, but Bryson Hopkins, they like him. They also picked up Hunter Long in the Jalen Ramsey trade with the Dolphins. So a little bit of depth there, different looking team here, but Higby, we'll see how it uh, plays out for him. He is very valuable fantasy asset for part of last year, and they might need him again here given the, the receiving situation by a cup. If Robinson and Jefferson don't come through as they're looking for here, it'll open things up for Atwell and Higby to get a few more looks in the passing game for Sean McVay. The offensive line was an issue last year. They're trying to keep the continuity, however, to make it better with Joe Noteboom at left tackle. 
Coleman Shelton was re-signed for left guard. They got Brian Allen at center. He's probably their most trusted guy there. Logan Bruss, they drafted him there out of Wisconsin. And uh, Rob Hevenstein is their most venerable guy at right tackle. So some age has uh, caught up to them a little bit. Some big changes without Andrew Whitworth and some of the strengths they used to have up front here with their players. So I think it's solid. It's a little bit better than the Cardinals one we look at because of Havenstein there. And I think Noteboom can have a better season here on the left side. So Rams are feeling a little bit better about the offensive line, but still I wouldn't put it near the top of the league in its current state. All right, let's go from uh, Los Angeles to San Francisco, go up the coast here and look at what's going on with the 49ers depth chart. Well, right now Brock Purdy's been listed as the starting quarterback. We know he's coming off that elbow surgery, and we'll see when he'll be ready. Trey Lance is healing from his uh, fractured ankle there, so he should be good to go. So we'll see how this battle plays out, but it's going to be all summer long. So just starting, we'll see a little bit of OTAs in minicamp. Again, these guys both need to be healthy on the field to compete, but they're going to be evaluated here for all that they can do and see what the best 49ers option is here. So that's something they'll consider. And Sam Darnold, uh, keeping in mind those two quarterbacks' injuries, he's the number three. So pretty high-end depth here for the 49ers, considering they have the high upside of Purdy and Lance as their one-two punch on top of the depth chart. At running back, Christian McCaffrey steps into his first full season as their starter after being acquired in the trade from the Panthers. So clearly he's the number one. Elijah Mitchell getting a little bit more work down the stretch to help uh, McCaffrey rest a little bit. He's their clear number two. Jordan Mason is three. And Tyrion Davis-Price comes in at four. So we were talking about the debates between Mitchell and Mason and Tyrion Davis-Price and what they were doing. But now McCaffrey is a clear lead back, and uh, Mitchell is your best handcuff opportunity there from this group for sure. All right, let's go to wide receiver. It is still Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Juwan Jennings. Ray Ray McLeod listed as the fourth guy, and they want more out of Danny Gray as a big playmaker. He's number five. And Daz Newsom uh, made some plays in college here and uh, getting a shot here to uh, see what he can do in this particular offense uh, with his after-catch skills. So Daz Newsom comes in here as their number six receiver behind Ray Ray McLeod and Danny Gray. All right, tight end, uh, it's uh, very familiar as well. George Kittle is your one. Ross Welly's back in the mix. Charlie Warner is also there as your number two tight end. So same situation there. The 49ers pretty intact there, along with the Kyle Juszczyk at fullback. On the offensive line, they took a big hit in Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle, leaving in free agency to Denver. So they replaced him in, right now with Jalen Moore. Spencer Burford returns the right guard. Jake Brendel, they like at center. Aaron Banks is your left guard, and the venerable, dominant Trent Williams is still out there playing at a high level at left tackle. So there's a look at your depth chart here for the 49ers as well as the Rams. We will close the show looking at the Seahawks, and we'll do that in our final segment there, what their offseason moves have meant so far through free agency. It is an exciting time of the year in the NFL, but it's also very exciting in NCAA tournament to time here as we transition slowly from the elite eight to the final four it should be exciting to get in on that action and you can do that at FanDuel Sportsbook it is the number one sportsbook in America it's a perfect time to download the app because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use but then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained and there's a lot of excitement for the NBA that you can look at. To look at the top core markets, look at New York and Brooklyn and try to cash in there. 
And you can also get in on player props from the NBA. Points, rebounds, assists, all that good stuff. They have so many exclusive bets you can check out, including the 2 by 3 where you're looking to see two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel lets you even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA and a sponsor here of Locked On Fantasy Football. It is time to close the show here and break down the Seahawks' step chart. Well, they're fine at quarterback because not only do they give Geno Smith a long-term deal for returning as a starter for reasonable money, Drew Locke is also locked in. He was re-signed to be the backup, so Drew Locke is happy with his status here. So status quo here, they keep their offense corner Shane Waldron. They did lose Dave Canales there, who had a good influence on Smith last year, to the Buccaneers as their offense coordinator, but the scheme stays intact for sure. You look at uh, running back, it's great for Kenneth Walker because they did not bring back Rashad Penny. So he's gone. Travis Homer also left. So Penny signing with the Eagles. Homer going to the Bears. So really, Kenneth Walker gets feature status because DJ Dallas is their number two right now. The former chief, Darwin Thompson, is their third running back being carried. So Kenneth Walker looking sweet for a big year as an RB1 in year two. At wide receiver, this is a place where they could upgrade a little bit. The DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know. They're a strong one-two punch there with Geno Smith. He's facilitating getting the ball to them, so we like that. D. Eskridge, however, is number three. He's a bit shaky there in that spot. He's had a few years to kind of settle in. You haven't seen big things out of him. You have Kay Johnson as well, another young receiver, Derek Young. And Laquan Treadwell is also on this team. So this might say they might look at a wide receiver. They've got two picks there. Maybe a Jackson Smith and a Jigba, a versatile guy that they can put in between Metcalf and Lockett or toggle him and Lockett in the slot that they can look at. So the Seahawks definitely getting a little bit thin at receiver, and I think maybe they want to expand that a little bit. So watch out for them investing in number three who can eventually take over maybe for Lockett. And a tight end, uh, you have to be careful about Noah Fant and Will Disley. They still have Colby Parkinson listed, so still a full-blown committee here. Disley is battling a lot of injuries, so I'm not sure if he's a guy you can trust. Fant, you want to trust a little bit more, but they do split tight end. They throw a lot to the receivers, and Parkinson's in front of them. So until that changes, you really can't trust too much into Noah Fant in fantasy. Now, the offensive line, uh, pretty solid here overall. They got Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. They were rookies last year. They should be better, settling in as the bookend tackles at left and right side. You have Damian Lewis, a veteran here who's been in this uh, offense for a while. He's in the left guard. Joey Hunt remains the center. And now you have Evan Brown. He comes from the Lions of that very strong offensive line there in Detroit. So really impressed by Evan Brown, what he can do. And again, helps the run block a little bit. They moved on from Gabe Jackson here. So some interior changes have been constantly happening here, but now they're settled at least at the tackles for a long time with Cross and Lucas. So very interesting uh, moves here. Like everyone's lost a little bit on this offensive line here throughout this division. The Rams actually had the most continuity here. But yeah, some hits were taken for sure at guard and tackle for these other teams. But again, the 49ers are still going to be elite up there because of Trent Williams. The Seahawks are rising because of Cross and Lucas. So these two are definitely the better offensive lines in the league, where then you can put the Rams and Cardinals after them in that mix. All right, there you have it. There's a look at your depth charts here. So not much changing in Seattle. And we just uh, are bumping up all the guys that we trusted and want more of. So Connor and uh, Walker and Akers and McCaffrey, all these guys are looking great here for key running back shares in their 
offense and the receivers. I mean, a lot of these two have uh, teams have one-two punches there that we're looking at, maybe expanding some depth here. So a lot of good stuff here, and the biggest thing that needs to be done here, Seahawks are fine with quarterback depth. We know the 49ers are. The Rams and Cardinals really need to address this, considering the injury issue and status of their starters here in 2023. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the depth charts in the NFC West from the Cardinals to the Rams to the 49ers and Seahawks. So if you missed any look at the previous uh, teams in the NFC, check it out. We have the NFC East, NFC North, NFC South up there as well to check out on our archives. And we'll turn our attention again to the AFC East next uh, with the depth charts here and get you the updates after free agency there. So good time to look at those teams. So thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise Monday through Friday. Find Lockdown NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of Lockdown Network. Podcasts for you, your team, every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great weekend. We'll check you out Monday as we move forward looking at the NFL offseason.